When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hey go slendy hey hit it up the park hit it up the park hit it with a strike hit it with a strike from the national anthem to the bottom of the night i'm in slendy hey go slendy hey go slendy hey go slendy What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 521 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is November 22nd, 2023, the day after Mike Schilt was officially introduced as Padres manager. If you missed yesterday's shows, I did two shows, reaction, initial reaction to Mike Schilt being hired as the Padres manager. There was that episode. And then the second one, reaction to the A.J. Preller and Mike Schilt press conference that they had at Petco Park yesterday afternoon. That one is also on YouTube and podcast platforms, both of them, I should say. As always, they are on podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and on YouTube. Just go to the playlist, episodes on YouTube, and you'll be able to see it, see all of the, the shows that I do there. Today, I wanted to reflect and give my thoughts on the piece that Dennis Lynn wrote in The Athletic last night. Props to him. I thought it was a, a pretty well-done piece. And it talked about the four key challenges that Mike Schilt is going to be facing with the Padres as the manager of the San Diego Padres. Four key challenges Mike Schilt faces as he takes over as Padres manager from Dennis Lynn. And there's four of them. Maintaining organizational alignment. The second one, winning over the clubhouse. The third one, filling out a coaching staff. And the fourth one, integrating 
young players. Those are not all of the challenges, obviously, but those are the main challenges here as things really start to get going here. And so I just want to read through some of these things and give my thoughts and why do I think Mike Schilt is fit to overcome these challenges. So first off, maintaining organizational alignment. Dennis Lynn writes here, Schultz brings the job what Melvin Tingler Green Black did not have before him, previous recent experience working with Preller at the big league level. And when we talk about organizational alignment, right, sharing that same vision, continuing to be connected, Mike Schultz, I think he has learned from his past experience. He has a lot of experience in baseball. I think he learned from managing with the St. Louis Cardinals. Were the Cardinals winning baseball games? Yes. Were they getting to the postseason? Yes, but I guess he kind of complained about the front office in a meeting, and then that got back to John Mosellock, who's running the show there with the Cardinals. He's been there for a long time, and then they had a conversation, and they ended up parting ways, philosophical differences, right? I think Mike Schilt has learned his lesson, and I think that he mentioned yesterday, and maybe some fans would think this as, yeah, he's already bought into being AJ's puppet, or being AJ's yes yes man, but Schilt already mentioned about, like, I'm the manager, I'll pretty much do my job with what they give me, whatever decision is made, I will carry out that decision. So I think he has learned from his days with the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm not saying that Schilt's not going to push back, but I think that Melvin wanted to do things his way, his way only, didn't really want that much input from the Padres front office, at least that's what the reporting made it seem like. And at least right now with Mike Schilt, you know, second day on the job here as the manager of this franchise, it seems like he is more bought into AJ Preller's vision and he's going to be more willing to listen to what their side has to say. Ultimately, he's the manager. He can make those those decisions during the game, the lineup, all that. But it feels like there's already better organizational alignment than there was, especially at the end of that Melvin Preller tenure. And I know that era, I should say, with the Padres. I know that it kept getting worse. So at the end, obviously, that's where it was probably the worst. Uh, but I have confidence that Schilt can maintain organizational alignment better than Melvin did as the manager with A.J. Preller, obviously still running the show. Also, organizational is not just at the big league level. The organization is the minor leagues and everything. And Mike Schilt has experience with that. Managing multiple levers, levels in the minor leagues, even before that, managing with college and high school, coaching that, development, coaching at the big league level, managing at the big league level. He's been through all that. And with the Padres, he had visits to AA during AA's playoff run to go watch all of those guys, including someone like Graham Pauly, who was on the show recently. You can go check that out on podcast platforms, and on the YouTube channel as well. If you missed that conversation that I had with one of the Padres' best prospects, the Padres' minor league player of the year, um, Schilt went there, and he has had conversations, and he's been in Arizona. You know, he mentioned, I think, yesterday on an off day during the season, going to, they were in Arizona off day, go to the complex and go and talk to players there and talk with staff there, and he talked with, the draft class with Dylan Head um, and other guys, you know? So he, it's not like this is a, a manager coming in like maybe Phil Nevin, who's not, you know, really 
dialed in into the other parts of this Padres organization. He's just looking at the big league club right now. No, Schultz knows a lot about this Padres organization. So that gives me confidence. The second thing that was brought up here, winning over the clubhouse. Preller said on Tuesday he did not spend much time soliciting the opinions of Padres players during the team's search for another manager. That might not be unusual in the industry, but it's worth noting that San Diego's clubhouse is unlike most clubhouses. So it's kind of like maybe get the perspective, the opinions on some of those star players because I think you want those guys to be bought into this manager that you bring in or you're already starting things not on the right foot, right? But I think that Mike Schilt can win over the clubhouse. There was a piece here from Dennis Lynn, part of this article, about how some players, some people with the Padres, they wanted Ryan Flaherty over Mike Schilt. And some would say, well, that's already a, a problem there, right? That's... Maybe Preller should have talked more with players, but we don't get everything that we want in life. You know, I'm going to read this from Dennis Lynn here because I want to make sure I get the wording in this correct. Team sources said some Padres front office members and players preferred Flaherty, who has long been a favorite of of Preller's. And in 2021, the Cardinals abruptly fired Schilt, citing philosophical differences. After that, Schilt was not in wide demand as a managerial candidate. It is unclear how Seidler's death, the owner was close with both Schilt and Flaherty, may have influenced the managerial selection made by Preller, new control owner Eric Kutsenda, and CEO Eric Gruppner. So, you know, there's a lot to to go in, to, to dive into there, right? So, some Padres front office members, players preferred Flaherty. Yeah. It's, it's like impossible in today's world to get 100% agreement on everything. Unanimous, right? You look back, this is not related to this, but you look back at the, the recent owner's vote. I know it was unanimous, but I don't think Peter Seidler, if he was alive, I don't think that he deep in his gut wanted to vote yes on the Vegas move, right? I think Seidler wanted to vote no. All the owners ended up voting yes on this vote. But you're telling me that every single owner actually wanted to vote yes? Or were they doing it so that other owners didn't get pissed off at them? If something came about about them, other owners would have their back. You know, so even when things maybe look like everyone's in agreement, they're probably not all in agreement. That's just how it is. And that's okay. I think Schilt can win over these people, these players. These front office members, maybe Manny, because we know he's good buddies with Ryan Flaherty and former teammates and all that. Maybe Manny was someone that wanted Ryan Flaherty. Maybe he expressed that to AJ Preller in the Padres front office. Maybe he wanted Flaherty over Mike Schilt. But Mike Schilt is someone I think that can win over this clubhouse. I'm sorry. He should be able to win over this clubhouse for sure. I'm sorry. If you're in that clubhouse, and you don't like Mike Schilt, right? Or maybe you're you're fine with Mike Schilt, but you wanted Ryan Flaherty. You're not going to buy into Mike Schilt just because you wanted Ryan Flaherty to be the manager? Wasn't it so embarrassing what happened this past season? Not making the postseason, letting the city down, letting yourself down, letting teammates down, letting family down, letting Peter Seidler down, 
in what was his last year, you know, alive with all of us as the chairman of this team, unfortunately. Shouldn't you be motivated? Shouldn't you not care who the manager is? And Mike Schilt, he's been here. Like, this is another thing, you know, him being here, how I think he can win over this clubhouse. He was there. He can relate to those players. What happened last season? And in those private meetings, closed-door meetings, in spring training, and in these conversations in the offseason where Mike Schilt's going to go to different players' houses and talk with them and try to get a plan in this offseason and, you know, get a head start here on, you know, steering things back in the right direction. He can relate to those players and he can do some, he can, he can trigger back some emotions that those players had and get them probably motivated to go play really well in 2024, where a previous manager, he might be able to go in there and say, yeah, last year sucked. You got these people saying things about you. But he didn't, he couldn't actually like relate to those players, to the coaching staff, to other people in the organization. He wasn't there in 2023. Mike Schultz was there. So I really think he can use that to his advantage. And it should not be a problem. Mike Schultz being the manager of this team should not be a problem. Even if players, front office members, some didn't want Mike Schultz as the manager, it should not be a problem because. I think Mike Schilt, with his experience, if you're a player in there and you want to get to the postseason consistently and you got Mike Schilt as your manager, how do you not get bought into Mike Schilt? Because all Mike Schilt has done as the manager in the big leagues has gotten to the postseason. Okay. The first year that he was the manager, right? He took over from, from Mike Matheny. By the way, that team was well over 500, but the Cardinals were just off to a mid-start, you know, 500 team essentially when the Cardinals decided to part ways with Mike Matheny. So the Cardinals didn't make the postseason, but Schilt did all he could. They played much better under Mike Schilt compared to Mike Matheny. And then when he got full reigns for three full seasons, every year they made the postseason. And this guy has managed at every level. So the young players coming in, he knows about their experiences. He's rode the buses in the minor leagues. He's been managing superstar players with the St. Louis Cardinals. He's been in the postseason. He's been in an advisory role. He's been able to have relationships with ownership and GMs and talk with different GMs. Like this guy has so much experience in baseball. If you're a player in there, how can you not get bought into Mike Schilt? And I don't know what Mike Schilt's message is going to be right out of the gate in spring training, but after that first message from Mike Schilt, I'd be surprised if you got a, a lot of players in there that aren't bought in to Mike Schilt. And this Padres, the way the Padres are going here, going into to 2024, maybe some won't be bought in based on some moves that are made in the offseason, but I'm talking about manager of the team, Mike Schilt. I think that's a guy that definitely can win over the clubhouse. That's not something that I'm too worried about. I think he's ready for that. He mentioned how he's hungry. And I what I also like about him, you know, winning over the clubhouse and why he's the right guy. He mentioned during the press conference yesterday about how when the Padres interview, I think they interviewed or they were interested in Mike Schilt right after he was fired by the St. Louis Cardinals for philosophical differences, part ways, right? Right after that, like a week later, the Padres were talking with Mike Schilt and had interest in Mike Schilt. And that was 
That was before they hired Bob Melvin, right? And and uh, Schilt, he told the Padres, I'm not ready for this right now. Emotionally, I'm just, I'm not there. I know I'm not ready right now. But he wanted to come still be in the Padres organization, still provide value, learn from people in the Padres organization. And now he is ready. Now he's hungry. Now he thinks he is ready. And I think him spending a couple years with this Padres organization and not just going in and managing the team, I think that could help him be more successful. He's had time to understand what went right, what went wrong with the St. Louis Cardinals. He's had time to learn things in the Padres organization. He's had time to learn players in the organization, what makes them tick. Learn about A.J. Preller, have that relationship with A.J. Preller. Know how he operates so he doesn't get blindsided or, you know, he's surprised about how A.J. Preller operates during a season. You know, he knows that. And I think he's gotten the time to know a little bit about the fan base and how much we care. So I think that can serve him well here as the Padres manager. So winning over the clubhouse, I'm not super worried about that, to be honest. Filling out a coaching staff is another challenge that was listed here from Dennis Lynn in The Athletic. This is one that I think maybe some fans would be worried about, but I'm not too worried about this one either. We know Ruben Niebla is staying. We know Ben Fritz is staying. I guess he interviewed for the Los Angeles Angels pitching coach job before it went to Barry Enright. Brian Esposito, who is the catching coach, AJ Preller is fond of him. Maybe he stays. I don't know about Ryan Flaherty. It's not known yet as I'm recording this right now. Don't know if Ryan Flaherty is going to stay, but I think the Padres would want him to stay. AJ Preller loves him. And Mike Schilt said yesterday at the press conference that he would be open to the opportunity to work with these coaches that are under contract. Um, he has relationships with those coaches. He knows those coaches as well. So I think filling out a coaching staff, this could be to his benefit. He's not just sitting there for a couple hours, let's say, if Phil Nevin was hired. Phil Nevin would come in, sit there for a couple hours with these coaches, talk about some certain things, and then maybe make a decision on, okay, I want this guy to stay, or I don't want this guy to stay. I think we need to go in another direction. With Mike Schilt, he knows these guys. He can continue to have the conversations, but he has those relationships. And that, I think helps because that's a better judgment than a couple hour conversation. You know, a couple years spent with these guys, that's a better judgment of, okay, this is a, this is a guy that fits this team. This is a guy that fits that out what I'm trying to do here. And then if it doesn't fit, you can go out and find the guy, someone that better fits what you're trying to do. Right. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply so filling out a coaching staff i think again Schilt being here before being hired as the manager, I think the filling out the coaching staff part, I think it's beneficial that he was here before being the manager. I think that can, you know, they can fill out a better coaching staff this way um, because I think he knows, you know, player relationships with coaches, who do players like, who do players not like, and what's the reasoning behind that? Not just they don't like them, you know, personally talking non-baseball stuff but what's the reason like baseball reason do you have a good reason why you don't like this coach or you do like this coach like little things like that they can have those conversations instead of being a little bit behind and the new manager coming in and saying what is this guy about in the first place I don't know this guy let's have a conversation and then you got to maybe have conversations with players about this guy maybe have a conversation with AJ Preller about this guy with other front office people about this guy with other coaches on the staff about this guy, you know, maybe they don't have to do that as much. So I think I'm very interested in seeing how this coaching staff is going to look. I think it's going to be a good one with Mike Schilt as the guy. And, you know, I kind of see it as the same with like Ron Washington with the Los Angeles Angels. We know how Wash is really about fundamentals and he does all the daily infield stuff, right? I feel like that's who Mike Schilt is as well. So I think he can, you know, have some versions of himself in this coaching staff. So again, I'm I'm interested in seeing how Mike Schilt builds this coaching staff with AJ Preller. AJ's gonna have a say. He always does. Maybe that's not the best thing, but hopefully AJ can give Mike Schilt that say as well, because Mike Schilt has a ton of experience. They had success in St. Louis with some of those coaches that he had. I'm not saying that those coaches are going to come over. Some of those coaches are with other organizations already. Some of those coaches are still on Ollie Marmol's staff because Marmol was a bench coach for Mike Schilt. So there's, you know, it's not like he's just going to take those guys from St. Louis. But he knows what he's doing. So hopefully Mike has that say. And then the final challenge here listed from Dennis, integrating young players. One of Schilt's greatest advantages, uh, Dennis Lynn writes, Preller noted his familiarity with the talent that could be en route to San Diego as a senior advisor to the major league staff and player development. Schilt worked with farm director Riley Westman in spring training. He has spent time uh, helping 
with the Padres Instructional League and their off-season strength and conditioning camps a couple months ago. Preller asked Schilt to watch AA San Antonio's postseason run in person. There, Schilt evaluated Ariarte, Pauly, Marcy, Mazur, Snelling, Martorella. Merrill was hurt with a hamstring injury, but he has a relationship with him as well. So we know that young players are going to play a part in the 2024 Padres. They have to because there's not going to be as many veteran players on this team in 2024. It's just not. Because if you're a veteran player, usually you're making more money than the rookie guys, right? So that costs money. The Padres are trying to trim payroll. You need those young guys. You need these prospects to come up and help this team. And Mike Schilt, it's not like, again, it's not like an outside guy coming in and doesn't know anything about these prospects. Mike Schilt knows something about these guys. And he might know who's ready, who's not. When is the right time to call these people up at this point in time, at a certain point in time in 2024? And in spring training, I think that he could probably have a plan, a better plan in place than maybe some other managers that may have come in and didn't know these prospects. A better plan in place on what do these people need to look like? How much playing time do I want to get from these guys in front of my eyes, in front of my coaching staff's eyes? to see how close they are to reaching the big leagues so that they can make a better decision when the time comes on, oh, someone's on the IL, who should we bring up? Should we bring up a Taylor Colway type? I know he's not on the roster right now, but I'm just saying someone like that or bring up one of the top prospects. Little things like that. Should we bring up a vet who's just playing in AAA because he's not on any major league roster, kind of you know past his prime, but he's there. Bring that guy up or bring up one of the young prospects. And I think Schilt, you know, having that experience inside the Padres organization, him integrating those young players, I think can help. I think those young players can buy into Mike Schilt because they have that relationship with Mike Schilt. Jackson Merrill knows who Mike Schilt is. And uh, I was listening to Ben and Woods and they ran into Jackson Merrill before the press conference yesterday. And Jackson Merrill gave his stamp of approval on Mike Schilt. Like they know who he is. And so, you know, the buy-in, I think that can come quicker with Mike Schilt as the manager. So these are some of the challenges that Mike Schilt is going to be facing. Schilt said yesterday, I'm hungry, ready to get after it, and ready to win a lot of baseball games. And we're, we talked about winning the World Series, and clearly that's the North Star, as has been alluded to. We've got to start by winning our division. You know, we haven't competed as well to win that division of the NL West the last couple of years, and I expect that to be the first goal is to knock down the West and move forward from there. Some people don't care about the West, but the little steps, right? Don't try to go win the World Series in spring training because you can't, right? <laughs> Literally, like that's months and months and months down the road. That's a long way down the road, right? You can't go try to win game one of the regular season right now in the offseason. But what can you do to put yourself in the best position? Start making those phone calls, those text messages, reach out, Send a message, send your message, consistent message around this organization on what you want. Try to get that buy-in as early as possible. And then in spring training, don't try to go win the World Series. Do the little things to get better every day. And Schultz mentioned that in the presser yesterday. And I think he mentioned that on his interview this morning on Ben and Woods about just getting better every day. Um, you know, that's, I forget what the exact mantra that he had, but just trying to get better, you know, 
not staying the same, but trying to get better. And I think if that can be instilled in these players every day, you know, consistently throughout the season, as a reminder, you know, things, maybe not things going south, but things, you know, they're north and they're going a little west or they're going a little east, going towards south. Schilt can see that and say, hey, remember that message? Remember what we're trying to do here? Are you trying to get better every day here? Let's do that if we're not, right? Like little things like that. And fundamentals, hopefully that continues to be instilled in this Padres team uh, consistently. It's not just a spring training thing and then you just do whatever you want pregame during the season. Hopefully there's some structure here. Uh, and I think that there's going to be. That's, I feel like that's who Mike Schilt is. Now, I thought kind of that's who Bob Melvin was, but then, you know, it, it seemed like some things occurred that, you know, didn't say that, right? It, it didn't show like, oh, yeah, Bob Melvin's all about the fundamentals and doing all the pregame work, and he was fine. That's what it seemed like. He was fine. The players were, were fine with not doing all of the little things. And I get it. It's a long season. You know, you don't have to do the little things every day. But doing it, you know, once a series, pregame, everyone out there, you look at the best teams in baseball, you look, I know the Braves don't have that World Series success these past couple years, but you look what they do. They do the little things before the game. Little, like, just continuing to drill in their heads the importance of the little things. The Dodgers, the story last year, I think from Kevin Acey, right, about the, the Padres clubhouse culture, and I think that was the piece a lot on Manny. It started out, I think, about the Dodgers and how Mookie and Freddie Freeman were out there early, early fielding practice or it was early batting practice at Petco. It was a day game on a long weekend. I think it was like a Monday day game. It was a weird, might have been a holiday weekend at Petco Park. I want to say it was in August. And they're out there. Everyone's out there. No one views themselves as above their teammates or eh, I don't have to do that today. No, they're all out there. They're all bought in. And what happens? You know, those little things add up. And I think those teams that focus on those little things and their discipline, they end up getting to the postseason pretty consistently. They might not win the World Series because things can happen. That's not a long season, right? The postseason is condensed. But they get there. And that's what this Padres team needs to do consistently. They need to do that. They haven't been able to do that under A.J. Preller with the Padres, and hopefully they can do that here, Mike Schilt, as the manager of this team. So I like this article from Dennis Lynn. Go check it out in The Athletic. Four challenges Mike Schilt is going to have to face as Padres manager. Again, the four challenges, maintaining organizational alignment. The second one, winning over the clubhouse. The third one, filling out a coaching staff, and the fourth one, integrating young players. I think Schilt being here, I mentioned this, I went on John and Jim, called in for a brief moment yesterday, and I was mentioning this is not Bob Melvin. This is not Jace Tingler. This is not Andy Green. He's been here. He has relationships, and I think that can help him here as the next Padres manager. So give your thoughts in the comments on YouTube. What do you think about Mike Schilt? Do you think he's fit to overcome these challenges, the challenges he's going to face? As San Diego Padres manager, do you not think? If you don't think, let me know why. And you can also let me know on social media as well, at Talking Friars on Twitter and on Instagram. 
Quick break, and then I'm going to get to some San Diego sports stuff. Check out Gaglione Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, so I want to get to some quick stuff about San Diego State basketball. Their next game is going to be against Cal coming up on Saturday. They obviously just won those two games in Las Vegas. Moving over to the football side, though, we have a name here. There's there's multiple, but a big name that came out from the San Diego Union Tribune yesterday on the football head coach search. Tony White, Nebraska defensive coordinator Tony White. This is an interesting one, and I think some fans are like, they see defensive coordinator, and they're like, no, we have defense. We need offense. We need the focus to be offense, and I think there needs to be a focus on offense, yeah. And I would like to have an offense head coach. But the offense, I feel like, like that's flashy, right? And we might want that flashy hire. And it would be interesting. But what I want is obviously the right guy. And if the right guy is a defensive coordinator, then that's the right guy. And if he can bring in, he can bring a quarterback with him or he knows how to recruit, he can bring a bright offensive mind with him, then at the end of the day, it'll be okay, right? Winning will bring fans in the stands. You know, flashy moves, yeah, that will as well. Quarterback, you know, that 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 scores points, that will bring fans in as well. But winning will bring fans in too, right? When the Aztecs, have they had this, you know, big Heisman quarterback before? No. But what they have had is strong defense. They've had a good running game, and guess what? When they were winning games like that, when they had Danelle Pumphrey, they had Rashad Penny, they were bringing in fans. They were winning games. They were bringing in the fans. The support was there. So if they win, I feel like the support's going to be there. And so here's some info on Tony White. Uh, This is from Kurt Kenny in the San Diego Union-Tribune. Nebraska defensive coordinator Tony White has been contacted by San Diego State in its search for a new head football coach. San Diego State is among several schools that are expected to be interested in White, who also serves as the Cornhuskers' associate head coach. And guess what? He's serving as an associate head coach under Matt Rule, who has college coaching experience, successful college coaching experience as well, with teams that weren't looked at as like a powerhouse program. And he also has some coaching experience in the NFL as well, dealing with professional athletes, and that's different than college, obviously. Now, did he have a bunch of success in the NFL? No, but I'm just saying, like, he does have some experience there. So Tony White is learning under someone that I think knows what he's talking about. Nebraska, they're five and six. You're like, oh, why are we taking, why are we thinking about a guy that's, you know, a coach on a a team that's five and six? cusp of bowl eligibility like shouldn't we be aiming higher there they're going to close out their season against Iowa who is nine and two but white he's getting a lot of attention 44 years old he's getting attention his defense is ranked 15th in the nation in total defense 19th in scoring defense he has the connection to San Diego State so he learned under uh, Brady Hoke he learned under uh, Rocky Rocky Long, like 
learn the in, in I'm reading here from the, the article the 335 defense alongside Rocky Long. He was here with San Diego State from 2009 to 2017. He used to play. I believe he played for UCLA. I want to say John Schaefer said that yesterday. Uh, yes, he was a defensive coordinator after that in the 96 and 97 seasons. Or excuse me, no, no, no. That was Rocky Long, my bad. And White played under Rocky Long as a linebacker for the Bruins. He's got a lot of experience at San Diego State, learning under some pretty good defensive coaches. D.C. at Arizona State in 2019 with Syracuse. 2020 to 2022, and then he joined head coach Matt Rule this year at Nebraska. And Matt Rule is speaking glowingly of him, which you would say, well, of course he is. He's one of his coaches. That makes Matt Rule looks good, look good, and of course he's going to do that because that's just the right thing to do. Um, but what I thought from Matt Rule's comments, I think you got to listen to the audio. You got to watch the video of Matt Rule saying it. He really was passionate about Tony White says here, a search firm called me and asked for Tony White's number, and I said, yes, you should hire Tony White. Tony White should be a head coach. He's excellent. Don't take a job with no resources, though, he told to Tony White. Don't take a job with no support. Don't take a job with a great recruiting base. Don't take a job, hear me now when I say this, this is deep, where the expectations outweigh the commitment. You want to be a 10-win team, and you're spending at the middle of your conference? So little things like that, like don't go to a school where they have these high expectations, but they're not setting you up for that success to meet those expectations. But San Diego State, I think that they can set Tony White up, set the next head coach up to meet those expectations. What are the expectations for San Diego State's football program? It's to go win the conference, go be at the top of that conference. It's for dang sure not be at the bottom of the, uh, the Mountain West Conference like it is this year. That's embarrassing, right? New stadium, you're in San Diego. Your basketball team just made it to the national championship game. You were in talks to go to the Pac-12 before that folded. Like, I think San Diego State, they want to get this program back to being good. And so I think they're willing to invest. Now, do they have the NIL money as other Power 5 conferences? No. But I think San Diego State is, if not the most, one of the most appealing jobs out of the non-Power 5 jobs. The group of five jobs for now, yeah, I think it's appealing because there are other schools where they're looking to get a head coach. Are they known for you know, finishing at the top of their conference consistently or having that really be their goal and really caring about that? No. San Diego State, I like that they're casting a wide net. Because I think that this means like, yeah, they're truly trying to find the right guy. It might be a defensive guy like Tony White. I think San Diego State has the resources. Uh, you don't have to listen to J.D. Wick or whatever he says. Of course, he's going to say it's a very desirable job. But if you look at it, I think it is a desirable job. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of people that would want to live in San Diego. I think that some head coaches could see this as, yeah, if I can take this Aztecs program back, to the top of the Mountain West here consistently, that could, you know, give me a spot, give me a chance to go get a bigger job. And that's okay. If San Diego State has brings a head coach in here and they go nine and two or whatever for a couple years, and then that guy ends up going and getting a bigger job, guess what? This job is appealing to the next head coach because of where it's at. And that guy that maybe might leave, 
he transformed the program back to where we want it to be. He put it back into a good place. So that's what it's about right now is getting this program turned back in the right direction. There's similarities between the Padres and Aztecs, getting it turned back in the right direction. So whether it's a DC, whether it's an OC, whatever it is, I want the right guy. Offense, they need offense. They need, they do need offense. They need a quarterback, no doubt. And I think that hiring the Washington offensive coordinator, I know his name, Ryan Grubb, I think, is being brought up a lot. Hire someone like that, I think that San Diego State fans are going to like that because they're going to see, okay, Power 5 school, offensive coordinator, offense, offensive mind, that's what we need, let's go. If it's someone like Tony White and it's a defensive guy, I'm not going to sit here and say terrible hire. It sure seems like he's someone that cares about San Diego State, has the background, he has experience under a talented coach in Matt Rule, and I think it's it's going to be a wait and see. Like, what is he going to be able to bring along with him to this Aztecs program before making a judgment on, oh, was this the right hire or not, right? So we'll see. We'll see if it's a young guy. I, I think there was a UNLV uh, coach that was that is mentioned here as someone that San Diego State might be interested in who is different, um, different background. So they're casting a wide net here. It's not like they're focused on one group. I think they're really focused on finding the best leader of men, the best coach, not just, oh, let's find the best offensive guy. And we'll see where it goes. But yeah, that's the latest here on Tony White, San Diego State search for their head coach. We'll see what happens. I don't, I don't think that they're going to be naming one, you know, before Brady Hoke is done. Like, you got senior, senior night coming up this weekend. Um, against Fresno State at Snapdragon Stadium. They've got the, the beanie giveaway, so you can go get your tickets there if you want that. Trying to finish off this season uh, with a win. I don't want to say strong, because even if they win, that'll be, what, their fourth win of the entire season? Like, that's not finishing off the season strong. Uh, it's finishing off the season with a win. You know, finishing off the season strong is like putting together a winning streak, and that obviously can't happen. But uh, we'll see what happens. San Diego State... The head coach hiring, I think it's probably more important than the Padres manager. I know there's more Padres fans, and that's like major league, World Series, right? And San Diego State's like they can't go win the national championship in football, like whatever. But in baseball, GM, players, that's huge. Managers, it's significant. But the head coach in football, recruiting and face of the, the program, face of Sometimes the entire athletic department, not the AD, not the basketball coach or San Diego State, we think of the basketball program, right? But usually the head coach is like the face of the school's sports. You look at Alabama, you think of Nick Saban, you think of Clemson, you think of Dabo Sweeney, right? You think of USC, you probably think of Lincoln Riley. It's not going great for them, but that's what you think of, right? Notre Dame, you thought of Brian Kelly, and now you think of Marcus Freeman. That's what you think of. So this is a big hiring for San Diego State. So we'll see what happens. Can't wait to see what the decision ends up being. All right, that's going to do it. Talking for hours, episode 521. Just wanted to discuss some of the challenges Mike Schilt might face. Wanted to get into that San Diego State head coach search there, that one name, Tony White, that I saw on the UT. 
the other day. If you have any topics that you want me to cover here in the offseason, feel free to shoot me a message or put it in the comments. Uh, just a reminder about some of my fantastic partners, FOCO and Breaking Tea. They've got some Black Friday sales going on right now. Click the, the, the link in the, my description here for those online sales. Breaking Tea's got some great Padres, Aztecs, and Wave shirts and sweatshirts, and FOCO has some bobbleheads and collectibles there. Underdog Fantasy 100% deposit match. Up to $100. I'm sure Thanksgiving, there's a ton of football, ton of sports. There's college basketball tournaments going on. There's pickums that you can do there. Go check them out. Seat Geek Code Talking Friars, $20 off your order. No baseball right now, but there's still some other sports, obviously, and concerts that you can use that code for. Please use that to your advantage. I'm trying to help you all out. Seat Geek trying to help you all out. And obviously, Gaglion Bros, best cheesesteaks and garlic fries in San Diego. After your Thanksgiving meal, you know, over the weekend, if you're trying to maybe you gave the leftovers to another family member um, that is living in another house and you're looking for something to eat, go to Gaglion Bros. They'll help you out. They got you. So go check them out. Website, link in the description. Main address is on their website, the phone number, all that. They'll get you set. So that's it. I am thankful for you. Thanksgiving tomorrow. Uh, maybe I'll have a show on Friday. We'll see what happens there. But thank you all for the support. You know, obviously with Thanksgiving coming up, there's a lot to be thankful for. Thankful to be alive, obviously. Thankful that my family, my friends, support you all are here uh, alive and being able to enjoy the San Diego Padres and talk about our favorite team and talk about San Diego sports and just be together with one another. That's the most important thing, obviously, is the health of all of us. Um, wishing the Seidler family well, wishing the Padres organization well, obviously, as they're still, um, you know, having to deal with the passing of Peter Seidler, obviously, at the age of 63. Um, and yeah, again, thank you so much. I, I, I feel like I want to say that. I can't say it enough, you know. Thank you to all of you, uh, because without all of you, I'd just probably be talking to myself, um, and talking to some family members and, but they probably get tired of me talking their ear off about it. So thank you so much again for the support. Have a great Thanksgiving. Have a great rest of your day. And I'll talk to y'all later. Go pots.